this morning is the third installment on the seed. I love this series, guys. I hope you're getting as rocked as I'm getting because I am spending time in my, in my prayer time. I, it's like it's an electricity on me. It's like there is a well of heaven that's opened up and I am just getting blown away by the word of the Lord. It's like I, it's like I, I've met the word of the Lord in action. You know, it's like the living word is standing before me and just pouring like an open trumpet into me. And I'm going, this is so exciting. Like I'm coming alive for the first time again. And that's really where I hope that we all live all the time. And so, again, my objective in this series is not to preach a message that you go, oh, that's good. But, my, but, but what I want to do is I want to teach us how to live in the way of the kingdom so that you can be successful in the things that God has spoken to you and you can adequately bring what is in heaven down to the earth. Um, I was with a group of pastors and there was a traveling, a very powerful prophet that was in from South Africa. And so we're sitting at this table and, um, and all of these pastors, he's going around and he's saying, I want you all to tell me in, in a couple of sentences, what is the vision for your church? And so they were going around the room and they said, discipleship, 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 discipleship. And it got to me and I said, well, we teach people how to access heaven, the resources of heaven, and bring those resources down to the earth. And this prophet stood up and he said, this is the word of the Lord and the way that the sons of kingdom of the kingdom are going to be raised up. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling kind of awkward right now. You know, that moment where you go, but seriously, I'm telling you, if we can grab hold of these handlebars for our lives, this will be a game changer, not just for us individually, not just for our lives financially, not just for our relationships, but I am telling you, this will change a city. This will change a city. I feel so confident in this thing, this thing. The, 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 that place of, the, of the, the ladder from heaven to earth and being able to raise up a people, an elite force, an army, a Gideon small army who can ascend, grab hold, and descend with the good news. Okay, so again, I want to emphasize that the battle of the ages and the very thing that the enemy does not want to see happen is he does not want the word of God to be seen in the earth. You know, when uh, uh, Jen was singing that song, the last one that we sang, I love that song. I love that song because it, it's a song about how the word becomes light. And, and, and so we talk about the, the light infusing the darkness, the light infusing the darkness, right? Where the darkness, where, where, where light is, darkness cannot stand. The word of God creates, a, a, it, it creates light. And so when the word of God is released, that's how we bring the light to the nations through the word of God. 
because there is a there is a, there's light to different words that we release and that light is the light of heaven or it's the it's the darkness of the earth there's nothing in between there's no gray area here Psalm 119 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. He spoke four words. He said, let there be light. And the darkness had to flee. The darkness had to bow at the word of God. So he's still speaking and he's still speaking this. He's still speaking a better word. If that says, if the word says that he's speaking a better word, then we know that there's a lesser word. So the battle, again, is over the word of the enemy and the word of God. And he said, which are you going to believe? And this battle wasn't then. This battle is every single morning when you get out of bed. Because I will believe me that the, the enemy is sitting there with a platter for you to eat. You think you're about to go have coffee. He's got a platter. It's breakfast. And it's like, I want you to eat these words. Blah, 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 blah. Right? But here's the deal. The elite force, the army of God sleeps with the sword of the spirit. It never leaves our side. And you're like, clankety, clankety, clank. Hold on, I've got the sword. (laughs) Let me clear the sleepy out of my eyes. (sighs) All right. So his words are speaking a better word. His words are speaking in the darkness of relationships, in the darkness of marriages, in the darkness of jobs and bank accounts. I love what Reinhard Bonnke said. There's no revival in America because America looks to their bank account to see if they can afford it. (laughs) That's a word. Oh, love Reinhard. Um, Darkness of our ministries. And even darkness of preaching the gospel. I'm telling you that where there is light, there where there is a better word, we've got to get that better word so that that better word will rise up and cause the lesser word to become like nothing. Yeah. Isaiah 55 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, So my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thought. For as the rain comes down and the snow from the heavens and do not return there, but they water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that that goes forth from my mouth and it shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it. It can't go back. It can't go back because just like the rain, it has now come and it will establish, it will tear down what the enemy has meant to steal from you. It's real. It's tangible. There is evidence. There is substance to the very word of God if 
those saints of his will believe. So I want to talk about governmental authority. Here's the thing about king. We, we don't, we live in a democracy. Well, the kingdom of heaven is not a democracy. There's one king. His word is the only one that stands. You know, we're used to like, everybody gets a vote. La, 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 la. We're, we're kind of, you know, we're ingrained in this culture of tolerance and all the swirling everything. What do we believe? We don't know what we believe. We believe everything, so therefore we believe nothing, right? And so this is kind of the generation that we're raised in, but, and, and so there's no absolutes, you know? But when you live in a kingdom, there's a king, and our, and our kingdom, our king is also a judge, we don't talk about him as a judge very often because we're always like, ooh, stay away from that. You know, we don't want to talk about, you know, that there's a judge and that we're going to be judged and da-da-da-da-da, you know. But here's, here's what I want, to, I want to bring this to our attention because he said, listen, I'm a king and a judge. And if you look at, for example, uh, like kings throughout the Bible— one of the responsibilities that they had was to judge between right and wrong. And so there was, they had a court with their counselors. And so they, one of the things that they would do is people would come to them and say, hey, you know, is this my child or her child? And there's a fight over it. And, and he had to bring uh, justice to that situation. And he had to rightly judge with wisdom and authority. And so we know since we have a judge and a king that has absolute power, that when he speaks a word, no other word can stand because that word is absolute. And we, we a lot of us have been victimized by injustices. A lot of us have been stolen from. A lot of us have been betrayed. A lot of us are being betrayed right now. But there is a God who is saying, bring before me your case and I will judge. And once my judgment comes, it is absolute. And you have to get in alignment with what I have spoken. And he uses legal terms when he established the universe. He said, let me tell you, this is like a big courtroom. This is like a big court system. And so he uses these legal terms such as commandments, testimonies, witnesses. Why does he use these terms? And it's because... He is the judge. He's not Judge Judy. He is a judge that sits on a throne and he rules the universe through you. He rules and he reigns through a people that have come into alignment with heaven so that heaven can flow through that alignment. And so he says, you have to be, you have to testify of me. You have to testify 
of my word. So you testify of what you see and you hear. That's what witnesses do. Hey, I'm going to go sit on the witness stand. I'm going to put my hand on the Bible and I'm going to say, what I am saying is true. I'm taking a bow that what I'm saying is true. And so I'm going to look at what is true and I'm going to spend time in heaven and I'm going to say, which is also prayer, same thing. And I'm going to say, and you know, the thing about the good news about prayer and about heaven is you can do it anywhere. So you can get that truth in a moment's notice. It takes a little practice, but you can still do it. So you've got the truth. You're hearing the truth. Now you're to testify of that truth and they call it prophecy. I am a witness now to you of what I have seen and what I have heard. And I'm going to testify now of what heaven is saying. And when I do that, there is substance to it. It's like, it's like an umbilical cord that flows from a mother to a baby and it brings nourishment and resources so that people can be transformed by a touch of the word of God. That's why in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came and they were baptized with fire, it was assigned to Joel 2. He said, this is Joel 2, that now we're all going to experience, we're all going to be prophets and we're going to be the least in the kingdom will be greater than John the Baptist because now the veil has been torn and we all see, we all hear, we all feed off of these resources and we become conduits to the earth so that the earth will be made a footstool for Jesus. Amen. So as Jesus walked the earth, he explained the workings of the kingdom and the importance of having a life of seeds to plant and to harvest. It is the place where heaven kisses the earth and it releases its resources. Its resources are the words of life. Its resources are words. Its resources are financial, relational. Um, it's destiny. It's, um, it's, it's words over people so that we can get in alignment with what God is saying over people. Here's the thing. The earth lies. The enemy will lie to you through people and they will say things to you to get you out of the promise that you have in that relationship. Right? Okay, so the earth is talking. The earth is talking and it's saying things. That means people. The enemy will come and he'll, he'll basically stick his hand in the back of, of a person and move their mouth like a puppet. And they will say things to you like, you know, you're, you're worthless. You're not good at loving. You're not good at leading. You're not good at, so those words will come out of their mouths or there'll be some sort of betrayal or some sort of whatever. And, and so basically it doesn't matter what you do. The, it's all about people, right? You know that whether you're a salesman or you're, you know, whether you're a car salesman or you're, uh, you're IT, everything we do is about people. And so the puppets will start talking and the enemy will use them to say something to you that the enemy will use at a wound that he knows is already open. And so he'll try to sow that seed, that lie in. But if the, the better word is covering that, 
or, the, or you understand how to use the better word, you begin to, to push back the lie of the enemy. Therefore, you don't break in relationship because you already know the truth of who that person is according to the word. And you already have the promise over that relationship. Therefore, no, that enemy cannot take you out of love. Right? Okay. So the resources of heaven are to establish, to build up, and to tear down the desolate places. Jesus said, I have come to preach the gospel, which means I have come to release the words, to preach the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven. And, and these words will heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free, open the blind eyes. And when he's talking about blind, he's not just talking about physically blind. He is literally talking about spiritually blind. That's what he's talking about. Wake up. Wake up. Those of you whose eyes have become dull, the eyes of your heart have become dull because you've been eating of the earth and believing the words of the earth and it's created a dullness in your spirit eyes. Yeah. Wake, up. Wake up. But Jesus said this, I have come that heaven and earth will kiss again and the words of life will be scattered throughout the earth. Your job description is that you are a farmer. And you are going to scatter the seeds of life. And they will spring forth into a great harvest. Praise God. All right. So, I have put together a PowerPoint presentation. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so, we're going to start with slide one. All right. So, turn in your Bibles to 1 John 5. When... I was, while you're turning your Bibles, I'm going to tell you, um, I got this prophetic word from the Lord. He just spoke to me, and it was a very strong, internal, audible voice. And he said this to me. Um, he said, the three are coming together as one. And then he said, did you think, did you not think I wouldn't give this to you? And I thought, I have no idea what you're talking about. The three are coming together as one. All right, so in 1 John 5, verse 6, okay, we're going to start here. This is, I'm going to show you what he showed me about the three coming together as one. Right after he spoke that word to me, several nights later I had a dream, and in the dream there was this doorway into heaven. And over the doorway, the, in the arch, it said 1 John 5. And so as I began to read 1 John 5, I saw what the Lord was saying. In verse 6, he said, uh, it says this, and this is uh, John the Beloved. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. Verse 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Say, these three are one. The Father, the Word. You notice he didn't say the Father and the Son. He said the Father and the Word and the Spirit. These three are one. All right, in verse 8. Next slide. And there are three that bear witness on the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. 
And so you have some activity happening in heaven and in, on earth at the same time. You have the three that are one. They are one. That's the verb that is used, okay? They're just one. They, that's the natural substance of who they are. And so therefore, let there be light. The, the world is created through and framed through the word of God. And it's made of the things that are not visible. Therefore, the things that you see are made by the spoken word of God. They become tangible through the word of God. Now, on earth, there's also an activity that is happening. However, the, the verb that is used here is that they have to agree as one. So these three, in order to become one, it requires something on our part. But you look at that and you say, well, I understand what the spirit is. But I don't understand about the, the blood and the water. That doesn't make any sense. So let's go back because the scripture will interpret itself. So let's go back to verse 6. It says here, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who bears witness. Remember, we were talking about legal terms because the spirit is truth. So he's talking about, go to the next slide, about water and blood. And so what he's talking about is he's talking about Jesus. Jesus came as water and blood. Do you remember when Adam was in the garden and, and so it was not good for Adam to be alone. Therefore, his side was opened up and out came Eve, right? Have you ever asked yourself about that? Like, that's so odd. Why didn't she come out of his mouth? You know, why didn't you come out of his foot? Why didn't it be like, oh, look, it's the, it's the flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, bone of my foot, whatever. Why? Out of, his, out of his side. And then when Jesus was on the cross, what happened is that he was giving birth to his bride as well. And out of him was coming his beloved. And so when they pierced him, what happened is it opened up a birth canal and what comes out of a woman's birth canal, sorry men, is water and blood. And so what came out of him was it opened up the new place for the bride to be birthed in the earth so that she could be seen again. And so it is Christ in us. So therefore you became the bride when you said yes to Jesus, that he is my Lord and Savior, and I said yes, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, and he came to live on the inside of me. Therefore, what happens here is you've got the three that are in heaven that are one. They're speaking, 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 speaking. And then on the earth, when you agree with the word that's coming, because the two that are similar are the Spirit. So you have the Spirit speaking in heaven to receive the Spirit in the earth. And when the Spirit witnesses to the Spirit, to the Word of God, then we've got synergy. And so this is what we call a plumb line. Or this is what we call, this is where heaven and earth kiss. They kiss with the Word and where there's agreement. Okay, so you actually have to do something. Is that all? Is there another slide? There's one more. So he's saying, look, in the next, in the next, in verse, 
9, he says this, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Again, the witness of God is greater. The word of God is greater than the word of man. And if we receive the witness, meaning the testimony of man, the testimony of God is greater. It speaks a better blood. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness where in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he did not believe the testimony that God has given of his son. He said, if you don't believe the words that are coming down from heaven, then what you've done is you've said God is a liar. Therefore, you don't have the testimony within you and the word of God over your life gets shut up. And so we, what we do is we're witnesses on the earth and we're going, where's my breakthrough? Where's my breakthrough? Where's my breakthrough? Where's my breakthrough? I don't see it, God. I don't see it, God. And we begin to get weary in the waiting and the Lord's like, Hey, the, the word has already been spoken, but you're down there and you're speaking and believing a different word. Therefore, your words and the word of God has gotten frozen and it's still hanging there for you to get back into alignment so it can flow out of you. Do you see how that works? Okay. Spirit to spirit, the spirit of God will bear witness through you. The testimony of Jesus within you is the spirit of prophecy. Well, I'm going to repeat that. The testimony, listen, I know it's 12 noon, but listen to me. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophesy. Prophesy what you have heard and what you have seen and everything else that comes against that that does not line up with it is a lie. When the Spirit releases truth, you agree with that truth and release it with your words. And don't let the enemy get you off that. He said, listen, when you begin to battle this, it is a spiritual battle. Do not look at flesh and blood. Do not look at these people that you, the enemy has come and, and he's using their mouths. Charlie Brown's teacher, let it be nothing to you. Because it hits the word of God that you have been declaring every day of your life. And if you have been focused on that, just like those that study uh, um, um, they don't study the, the uh, they study bills, the counterfeits, you know, when they're, they're the people that are, 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 are adept at finding counterfeit uh, money. They never study the counterfeit. They always focus on the real thing. So when the counterfeit comes, they immediately spot it. And so when you're focused on what God has said, both in his word and his, his rhema word, his now word, his prophetic word, when the enemy comes in, you just go, that's a lie. I spotted that. That's a lie. You're not going to take me down that road and around that mountain because I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm really not worth it. I'm really, you know, and you just go around this pity party mountain and he's like, oh, I really want to bless you. 
<clears throat> so um, the battle is over the word and over what is true and what to believe. There are two truths, one from the earth and one from heaven. The chaos and the trauma and the lies and the hurtful relationships create a narrative on the earth. But there is a higher narrative. Look up for your salvation draws near. Um, James tells us this. He said, listen, let me tell you what. You better bridle that tongue. You better stick a bit in your mouth. Because what you're doing is you are cursing yourself and you're cursing others. Beloved, let me tell you what. Your words will actually create life or death over other people. And so as my grandmother used to say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Because here's what happens. When you about other people, those words will come home to roost and they'll come back on you. And, and, you know, you may have a grievance, but you don't want those words to come back on your life. James 3.2 says this, For we all struggle in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. If you do not stumble in word, you are the perfect man. You have been perfected because you have learned how to discipline your tongue. You have learned that you are a son and that you don't have to live from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't have to decide what's right and wrong. You don't have to be judge because there is a judge and he is righteous and his judgments are true. We don't have to defend ourselves. We don't have to fight to win. We already won. You know, the promise is yes and amen, and the words have already been spoken and written over your lives. So therefore, we just have to say those words. Those words. Out of your mouth, your heart will speak. In other words, out of your mouth will come what you believe. Speak death and death will come. Speak life and life will come. And so I, I, I don't know about you, but I have a question for you. Are you willing to and are you going to be a witness to the truth? Are you going to say, you know what? I'm going to start lining up with these words so that I can come back to life. Even if you're in a season of waiting, you can prosper in the waiting because the word of God will feed you. Jesus said, I don't need, I have food that you know not of. This is the food. It is the word. It is the living word that feeds me even in the waiting. It builds me up. It inspires me. It infuses life into my bones and into my blood. And I'm not sad because I'm waiting. I'm actually just enjoying the journey. I want you to be sharp as a two-edged sword. I want you to win. I want us to win. The words over this house are phenomenal. The words over your life are phenomenal. You truly are champions and giants in the kingdom. 
And you have been born for such a time as this. So this morning, I want to give you permission to shake off every lie that has hindered you from moving forward so that you can lay hold of these things and begin to once again pull them down. Amen. All right, I'm going to pray. So, Father, I thank you that every word that you have spoken is true. I thank you, Father, that you are our great reward, that your word fills our hearts and fills our minds and fills our spirit with life. We love you. We love you. We give you our whole heart this morning. We say, God, remind us of who we are in you. Remind us of what you created us for. God, that you made us to be champions, God. That you created in us a great army, a great voice. You created victory for us, Father. That we are the head and not the tail, oh God. We bless you this morning, God, and we thank you for your son, that you sent your son to the earth, that he rent the veil, that it was torn, God, so that we could see and hear again, and that we could we could come near to you, Father, and hear the glorious sounds of your words, that your words are life over us this morning, God. Would you wash over us with your word? Would you wash over us? that we can remember what you said and be victorious in these things, oh God. We want to rejoice again. We want to come alive in hope again. We want to come alive in hope again.